Hello, I'm Rob. This is Zach. Welcome to another episode of Carnival of Randomness. And I want to start with a little story here. A big grizzly bear goes into a bar. Bartender looks at him. A big grizzly bear. Uh, want anything? The grizzly says, I'll have a gin and tonic. Bartender looks at him. Oh, that's fine. But what was with the big paws? Oh, Get it? my God. Now, I don't think any generation oh, would sh- like that joke. Oh. No, no, that's not necessarily true, but... No, Daniel but I wanted to talk about... It's amazing for the time we're on this planet. If I may, I'm going to counter with that. A horse walks into a bar. The bartender says, face. why the long face? Anyway. And so, whoever's still listening out there... Yeah, sorry, sorry our three we're listeners. We're a little speck... I'm going to be philosophical. We're a little speck in the universe here. We've been around a short time, and massively many years, if you're a creationist, about 3,000, otherwise about 14 billion. And I was thinking about... How things have changed so much just in the last 50-odd years of generations. So this is really a talk about the, the various decades and generations. Would you say it's a generation game? The I generation? would say it's a generational game, yeah. Because what, just in my lifetime, the advancements in technology have been incredible. It's amazing. It's called the quick thing almost like a Highlander movie It kind of is. In a, in a strange way, it kind of is. The technology has come... And I'm worried because I've started to say to people, when I was your age... Yeah, but... Well, it happens because it's not so much I feel the difference in age, but it's the difference in attitude and knowledge and ability to fit into the society. Yeah. So it's a lot different for kids, these for younger generations, because the technology is just, it's just incredible, and they're so in tune with it. And I heard, I'm one of the things from, like, my dentist, I would be talking to him about, he'd be all excited, I'm going down to Atlanta. For all the new technology, all the new technology, before it was back, way back when, here, here's a bottle of whiskey, we're going to yank your teeth. Yeah, there was a the good old belt. shot, which hurt like hell. Yeah. But then, I've always heard, too, the advice about getting doctors now. Get a younger one. Not because they may be more knowledgeable, because they're more up to date. Right. Well, that's the thing. You have to be up to date, and with everything changing so quickly, it's really hard to stay on top and of I it, remember especially if you're maybe an older generation. a friend of mine generation. who started teaching and said one of the teachers still referred to like Latin America, South America wrong, yeah. because she'd been around for years, but that's what she was used to doing. Yeah, it reminds me of the old, uh, the old, the old trope. Uh, it's like, we need to get updated history books, one that don't refer you know, to Nazi Germany as trouble ahead. Yeah, that would be... Or I love looking at old maps as well. Well, you're not there anymore. Well, that's why when we had our talking smart with Fred and the Goos before they arrived, we were staring at the map and trying to date it. It's like, okay, well, it's pre-1995 because there's still a Czechoslovakia. And then those two are plotting to conquer some of the countries and fuel them with whiskey and pipe smoke. It sounds like a plan. But we're going to go back maybe a little before. We may touch on the 50s. You'll see what I mean in in a little bit. But the 1960s were well known as sort of a turbulent decade. Very, very turbulent decade uh, politically. I mean, you had one, the biggest thing, obviously, I would say the assassination of President and Kennedy. And I have a point about this as well. When I was in grade school and we were doing history, we're going through this, and my teacher actually was in the Peace Corps. She was in there because she was influenced by Kennedy. Yeah. And my mother would say... He had a charisma, some kind of charisma. All I know is I saw his figure in Madame Tussauds. A lot bigger than you think. But anyways, one of the things we did, and this was really surprising, our teacher said, go home to your parents. See if they have the issue of life with Kennedy on it. Ooh. 
everybody had it's, it. Yeah, I wonder if mine, my parents do, because I remember asking them. And I thought, what the heck, they're not going to have this. Yeah. Oh, you have the issue of life? Yeah. I, I remember asking them, they were both in school at the time, and they were let out early because of the uh, the assassination. And the other thing about the assassination, this takes place, we had a growing, it started, of course, one of the inventions that came about, actually, I think it was in the 40s, the first one, it was television. Was it the 40s or I was it a bit earlier? I think it was actually 40s or earlier. It was around 30s or 40s. Well, back when it maybe it made its debut at the World's Fair. Yeah. So, I'm, But yeah. then you would go to a bar maybe in the 50s. Or yeah, if you ever see the, the, the movie Avalon, they get a TV in the 50s. It's dead air. They're all staring at it. I think something's about to happen. Yeah. But this was one of the reasons when Lincoln was assassinated, how, do you, how long do you think even before people knew? Oh, it was it had to have been, in some cases, several days. Yeah, maybe even up to a week, depending on where you and were. Garfield, everybody else, yeah. you wouldn't even know about this type of thing. But it was seeing this had to be one of those. I bet everybody pick anybody of a certain age. Say, where were you when Kennedy was shot? Yeah, and they they will tell you exactly where. And it really changed everything. It was amazing. It was like in America's law in Austin. It says we had the young president Camelot. Maybe it wasn't Camelot when the history books came out, but yeah. it was after the stodgy fifties and everything. We had this young, enthusiastic new frontiers. Exactly. There and was then, the idea: new frontiers. Let's go on, and then it was gone. Yeah, taken away, and then it just. It, yeah, I would. That, that's a fair statement. The loss of America's innocence. That's when really, because a lot of people don't realize. What, from what I've read, the counterculture, it really, a lot of the influences swept over to the 70s. If you go back to the early 60s, look at what the most popular TV shows were. It was very, still very, I want to use small C conservative, very Aussie and Harriet. It was really after Kennedy that everything started going to really. Where, they, where couples on screen would share a bed. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, you could see belly buttons well, on how TV. How different is it when, well, and we're jumping ahead for a second, but Ronald Reagan was the first person running for president who'd been divorced. Exactly. That was huge because in the old days, and it was, was a the huge big thing scandal. when Bob Dole was trying to get a nomination in the 70s, he was divorced. Yeah. Back then, it wouldn't have happened. But, in, but just less than a decade later, all of a sudden it was acceptable. And the thing back in the day, and I'm going to say that term too many times probably, had they known about what Kennedy was doing behind the scenes? Well, <laughs> well let's just leave it at that. We'll leave that for the, specula- the speculation. I found, to be honest, I read a book on him. I had not known tons about him, and I went back. I like to fill in my gaps, so I read books on presidents. Very yeah. good book on Eisenhower. But on Kennedy, I kind of liked him. But he had, in a way, first stuff, he wasn't horrible. Wasn't his, obviously there's going to be that he's a saint or something after that. Well, I mean, I would say I watched a documentary not that long ago on Netflix called uh, I think it was a four parter called Bobby Bobby for President or Bobby. He would have been interesting. And you look at the difference in the dynamic between Bobby and John. John was ultra charisma. I mean. Captain person, you know, almost cult of personality. And the other thing about John, but Bobby was smart. The thing we don't know about John, this was the same thing in a little ways about FDR, because this is shocking to us now. People didn't know he even had polio; they would never show it. Yeah. But John F. Kennedy he had tons of health problems. Oh yeah, tons and tons. But they kept this quiet. You but know, Bobby would have been interesting. But just looking at it, Bobby was so smart and so calculating. He wasn't very good with people. But 
you know, he was giving John a lot of advice. Then I think Ted was like the Fredo or the Kennedy clan. The less said about him, the better, well, probably. He, he killed and this isn't woman. a political discussion, but no, we're but sort of framing it with politics. Just, just, yeah, just so you know roughly when we're talking about, because the 60s was dominated, what, JFK, the assassination, and then Lyndon and we, Johnson. Yeah, this was the good old days as we'll be flowing through of the Cold War. And Khrushchev taking his oh, shoe off. I will bury you! And I'm sorry, the guy looks like a silent comedian to me. Yeah. So, But then also, you look at, the, as you approach the 60s, or the end of the 60s, you had the Civil Rights Movement, yeah. Dr. King... All the, you know, but the, we had all it big marches. because you had the all AALBJ. Who were, how many men will you kill today? Now yeah. more. Yeah, it was but a they lot. had the thing with Barry Goldwater where they had the famous Daisy ad of an A bomb blowing up while a girl's picking flowers. Because I remember this was seeing very that. big in these days. We had a red under your bed. We're just getting out of McCarthyism. Mm. Man, that was a. I wasn't alive for that, but what a turbulent period to read about. Whereas, like Eric Idle of Monty Python said. It was safe to believe those views in the U.S. and not yeah. have to live it. We had Castro, the Bay of Pigs, and yeah, everything. Bay of Pigs and the, the beginning of the embargo in Cuba. What was that, 1959 was the Bay yeah. of Pigs? Good no, God. it had to be 61 because Kennedy was president. Uh. Yeah, it was because it was Kennedy. What so. am I thinking of? A, oh, no, 59 is when Castro took power. Sorry. Yeah. Because he was a failed baseball player. Yeah. Has somebody hard signed him as well, a team? Well, there's, there's that. Yeah, I mean, the Yankees, I but believe. But this is not, again, doing him. this political. It's not really political, but we're just bringing up the names because how could we forget them? Yeah, because, you know, don't forget, he was in power for but a long time. But then we get time. to more where we start coming about soon, us, like, coming into being. Yeah. And we had, of course, the moon landing in Richard Nixon. Yeah, the moon landing in 1969, July of 1969, if I'm not mistaken. Um. Then Nixon as president, uh, the Watergate incident in 74. And a lot of Nixon is an interesting character. There was a, when he died, there was a picture of him doing his little Nixon victory thing at St. Peter's Gates. And St. Peter said, This is going to take a while. But he did a lot more good than people want to give him credit for Um, trade relations with China, the ICBM Treaty. Yeah. The EPA forcing desegregation of A lot the of people schools. do not remember that, that Nixon was very big desegregation. Yeah, and I've gotten into arguments with people like, well, no, it was Lyndon Johnson. No, Lyndon Johnson signed the Civil Rights Act, but he didn't really enforce it. He just signed it. He basically did it for politics to get it was votes. A, That's it was all a, it was. It was a political vote grab, but Nixon was the one that pushed it and made them do it. But in any event, that one was... One thing I remember from the 70s, too, is... For me, and I think every generation will say this, I thought the fashions, if you go back, pretty. Go back. I remember, I can pick this out from an episode of Starsky and Hutch. They're partying. Lapels so wide you could kill a man with them. Oh, my goodness. It was just horrible all the way around. I always used to say I did not want to be born then because I didn't want to dress that way. Yeah, and I wasn't born then, so I missed the disco era. That's the other thing I was going to say is this was the era, to me, the 70s of very, very bad music. I think, what was it? The, the 60s th- had really good music. The 50s had really good music. By the time we had the 70s, we had schlock. Uh, well, to be fair, there were some pretty funny disco songs. Kung Fu Fighting. For me, one of the ones that got me, still does, I find it really, really creepy, was Muskrat Love. Yeah, that's a little odd. Listen to the lyrics no, sometimes. Okay. But there was but, the days of things like The Night Chicago Died, Wildfire, yeah. all that, Tin Man, mm-hmm. and, of course, Disco, which was a little later. 
Yeah, that was Disco more like Duck, huh? Oh, I love Convoy. Yeah, Junk Food Junkie was another one. Yeah, and Corporate Rock. They used to say that was when we had all these faceless bands come in. You leave the monkeys alone. They were sixties more, sort of, but they were but, put together. They were like our first Millie yeah, Vanilli. They were the first boy band, as it were. I yeah, would they say. were put together, obviously, to yeah. rip off the Beatles. Yeah. And they actually, one of the reasons for Batman going off the air was supposedly that people jump from the monsters to Batman to the monkeys. Mm, that would do That's it. That's a theory, though. That's one of those conspiracy theories we're going to have to do some other time. Yeah. And one of the ironies was having Gerald Ford be known for Chevy Chase, too, doing it. It happened in real life, though, as enormous klutz. Because this is interesting if you don't know his background. Yeah, that's the thing. He's an all He was, was I should say, an all-American football player, a center at the University of Michigan, a highly touted, excellent football player. Yeah. You know, and that's, uh, you know, you have to be pretty coordinated, but he will forever be, what, the skiing incident? Yeah, he fell off a plane. He fell off a plane, fell down the stairs, uh, you know, but he was just one of those jovial guys, hello, everybody. That's what he was. I'm Jerry, and I'll be your president today. He was literally one of these guys. He became president. Why? Because he could be. Because well, he was what the... happened with Nixon was when they had the water, Spiro Agnew got in all his trouble, whichever that was. Well, that And that's how, don't forget, Gerald Ford, the only man to be vice president and president without ever having won an election. The story goes, they're looking around to find a vice president now. I guess Sam Rayborn, Fogger and Leghorn was based on him. He was the senator out of North Carolina. But Nixon was, okay, let's just put it this way. Nixon was not very popular with everybody at the time. Not after the Kennedy election. And what happened was they're looking for a vice president. He wanted John Conley, who just recently was Democrat. He was in the car going back to Kennedy, oh, the governor yeah, yeah. of Texas. Yeah, yeah. And they figured they'd never be able to pass him. One of the guys that came up was George H.W. Bush. Really? Back he, then? I because he that. had been ambassador to China, director of the CIA. Oh. And they were looking around, but then they thought Jerry Ford, because everybody liked Jerry Ford. Yeah, because he, he was, was a one congressman of those... out of Michigan. He was a minority leader, and he was just renowned as a nice guy. That's the thing. He was just... You know, a genial. Human so he being. was the uh, Harry Anderson on Night Court of. Yeah. Why was he there? Because yeah, he was there. Why was he? How did he become he vice president? He plotted on retiring. Fun. He became yeah. vice president. Then he became president. Yeah, and he became. What well, was a vice president after Agnew resigned? Yeah. Then when Nixon and resigned. then when Nixon resigned, he took over as president, finished out his term. Did I don't think he even sought reelection. Yes, did he, he did. Oh, he did. He had a challenge from Reagan in the primaries. There was like the first one. But he was sort of one of those guys, I, I don't even grade him, because how can you really? Yeah, he was put in a weird situation where nothing of his presidency was And there's all these theories. One of them was that if he kept Nelson Rockefeller as his vice president, because he was still popular with a carry New York, because he went to Bob Dole yeah. afterwards. Bob Dole. If he didn't pardon Nixon, and there's a lot of things we're never going to know. He claimed it was just to heal the country. He had to move on. Right. And who knows? I, that's speculation at this point. But I think about actually Saturday Night Live popping up then, too. Like, Well, I remember because I never saw Saturday Night Live because by the time I started watching it, it was I'm sorry, it was garbage. But I just remember because uh, a, a, pres- a Christmas present I got my father. It was a signed Mike Royko book, the Billy Goat Tavern. Yeah. You know, it just reminds you of the great Saturday Night Live bit. Cheeseburger, cheeseburger, chips, 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 Pepsi, no Coke, Pepsi only. A lot of only. people, this is a misnomer I want to point out here. A lot of people used to take pride in that it was based on Nick Tahoe's here, which is total no, bull. It was the, based on those things in Chicago. Yeah. It was the those Billy, Greek stories. Yeah, yeah, Billy, Billy Goat Tavern. Yeah. You know, cheeseburger, 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 cheap, 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 Pepsi, Pepsi, yeah. Pepsi, Pepsi, Pepsi. No Coke. No Coke. No only Coke. Pepsi. 
Which is funny. You know, that's why I think the legend was, came up because Tao was at Pepsi. Yeah, that was John Belushi and Dan Aykroyd, yeah. right? Yeah. Cheeseburger, cheese. Then they repeated. Yeah, cheeseburger, cheeseburger, cheeseburger. Cheeseburger, cheeseburger, cheeseburger. One of the things we had, too, then, is a little bit of, like, cultural phenomenon. Like, Saturday Night Live, I remember, that was a really, it was big in the day. That was, like, an event. People would stay oh, yeah. home. People would and stay home for it. talk sports before. Monday night football was like a national it a holiday. King. It was king on Mondays. People would I networks mean, realized this that they was could when not I was air. very very young. My dad would let me stay up through the highlights of it because it was so big. Well, and that's the and that was what people didn't realize is that the networks back in the day knew that they could not air anything on Monday night during football season because they get buried. And Howard Cosell, oh, yeah. good, bad, whatever, he was a character. He would make it sound. You would have two 0 and 10 teams. You would make it sound like a gladiatorial yeah, contest that the fate of the universe depended yeah, on it. This is Howard Cosell telling you what I need you to believe. All of you want laughs, look up one on YouTube still when he was drunk and puked in the booth. Oh, God. I guess it was an Eagles game, and I guess they said he threw up in the booth. Uh, Dandy Don said he had flu. <laughs> he went oh, Meredith had to cover for him? Yes. And they had, I guess what made it, was there was a scene, they, it was an Oilers game, and it was an ad lib by Dandy Don where they went to him at the end of the game and he gave him the finger, and he said he's saying we're number one. Yeah. And it was the scene where Joe Nemeth was on the field, on his knees, and that made it. But they were big, and that's when they say, because you go back to the 60s, we talked about TV before. Yeah. That was all fun still and everything. The 70s was when they said they started having quote-unquote serious television. That's, yeah. It, it became, it began to get a little more real. And it wasn't just the leave it to beaver type stuff from the 50s. I've never seen it, but supposedly there was an episode of Maude where she has an abortion. Well, there was that, the uh, the episode of All in the Family. With where the rape. Uh, the rape, and I think the one time uh, Archie hit Edith. I don't remember that. And then she got mad at him and like. Yeah, I, I, I've heard rumor that it might be false, but I don't and know. And they started bringing in Newhart, all the serious TV. Yeah. Are they so-called serious? Well, they still have the Brady Bunch, Partridge family. Yeah, with their AstroTurf lawn and their no bathroom in their house. Which is weird. I never watched the Partridge family. Just I never Brady did either. Bunch. I watched it here and there on reruns, obviously. That's why I saw reruns and everything. But since you were around in the 70s, what's the one thing I you remember? I was not, but I, can, I remember people my cousin Rob was. Oh, please. Well, ask him next time you see him. Um, about the the gas lines. I was because, an only twin. Yeah, yeah, I saw that the other day. But um, yeah, the gas lines. Because I obviously I grew. I was full disclosure. People born in 1982. So <laughs> yeah, yeah, okay. Yeah, I, I have your. I, ha, I have your. I have your records in my file cabinet. We had the thing. This was OPEC, the oil embargoes. Mm-hmm. And one of the other big things was, I guess, Jerry Ford would not bail New York out when they ran out of power. There's a big thing. If you ever see the movie Summer of Sam or something like that, that was when New York had the big heat wave and the power outages. Oh, yeah. So there's yeah, yeah. a big headline, Ford in New York dropped dead because he wouldn't give him, he wouldn't yeah. do a federal bailout. But what happened was that was when we got OPEC really ticked at us. And they shut everything and down. And these were the days of... Go for gas around the block. Yeah. Now, some irony about that is, I don't know what gas prices were then, but you would love them now. Yeah. I remember when I started driving, gas was 89 cents a gallon. Yeah. And this was in 19, what would it have been, 1998? Yeah, and shocker. Just go back to any movie. Pick a movie from the 80s, even 90s. If they show the character by a gas station. Yeah, it's like 25 cents. Yeah. We had Harry Davis. This is a guy who was from Buffalo. He was running for a congressional seat. He was in a primary. 
he was by my house. He paid for a dollar fifty gas. Now, if you were in the seventies, oh gas crisis, dollar fifty. I'm not paying that. Yeah, you would. We had a line. I'm walking my dog. This alarm down Ridge Road. You would swear the Beatles came back. We we're putting on a concert. Yeah. And I was saying, you're gonna run out of gas before you go get gas. Right. You know, and now a dollar fifty. You would you would slap a child for a dollar fifty. And again, we have to go back. I don't think I could say this enough. Still, it's gonna play again. How the Cold War played out. This we had salt and salt one, salt okay. one, salt two. Oh, here, let's see. How did the Cold War play out? It didn't happen. It was just a. What was it? It's a giant pissing contest between the United States and the Soviet Union. How it ended? The Soviet Union crumbled. Basically, we can get into theories in the eighties about this. Well, yeah. But I could. Well, we could save that for then, or say a little bit about now. Everybody will say so and so won the Cold War. So and so. There is a thing if you read a lot of history. They looked at like Reagan and Bush as a couple of cowboys. This was in Eastern Europe. Yeah. But the true fact is their own system. Yeah. Communism. There's is a saying doomed. it died because of bad Bulgarian shoes. No. But their own economy crumbled. That's the thing. That's what happened. And communism as a system is doomed to fail. It was period. a third world country with a lot of big weapons. Yeah, exactly. That's what it was. And it would have happened, you know, because people want to give Reagan all the credit in the world for destroying the evil Soviet Union. It would have happened no matter who was president. But it's one of those things where we had back then, we had the enemy. Yeah. They were all the bad guys. I remember like Leonid Brezhnev, Salt One, mm-hmm. Salt Two, Jimmy Carter. Yeah. And I remember the peace accords from those days. Mm. With Sadat and Begin. Then I remember Camp David. Oh, yeah, the, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. So, one thing that sticks out a lot of bad economy. And one of the things that stuck out during the Carter years was it was always Jimmy Who. Jimmy Who. Jimmy Who. That's what they would say, Jimmy Who. And he was not Doctor Who, but when he was running for president. Because he was like a one term. Doesn't Jimmy Who design shoes? Huh. Oh, it's Jimmy Chu. Oh. No, I'm serious. Oh, oh yeah, now I, I remember. Anyway. But I remember that vaguely was Jimmy Who, Jimmy Who, because nobody really knew. He was a one-time governor from Georgia. Yeah. I, yeah he was a he peanut was, farmer. Yeah, he was Mr. Peanut. He was evangelical or whatever they were then. But one of the things that came out that's sort of ironic during the Carter years, there was a lot of revival of, first of all, in the 50s, not the 70s, there was a big revival of 1950s culture. Sha-na-na, a lot of 50s oh, God. nostalgia. Bowser. Yeah. That's Robert great. Gordon, a lot of this stuff. And that's where you got movies like American Graffiti. Oh, I loved that movie. And everybody wanted to go back to the 50s. And I suppose it's natural because if you were well, a kid also, in the 50s. Wasn't that around the time Grease came out? Yes. Okay. Which, if you look at the storyline, is basically stupid. Oh, it's terrible. And the other theory is Sandy drowned and it's her dream. But what's worse than Grease? Grease, Grease 2. Too. Oh, ho, ho, ho. But well, that's when the play came out. But this was all this 1950s nostalgia. And I can see that because if you were growing up in the 50s. And you see what's happening now with the economy and the tank. You, you yearn for that simpler There's a time. big saying that, that was, there was a lot of boomer angst in the, in the 70s. Burt Reynolds theorized he was popular because he played characters who were aging but still having fun. Right. Like the bandit. He was the world's biggest show off. He was like a guy around the fort. And I never knew his name was Bo Darvel until a couple of yeah. years ago. Very Bo southern Darvel. name. Bo Darvel. I can't remember the snowman's name though. Cletus Snow. That's right, Cletus Snow. And I guess aren't you Hank Snow? Yeah. No. But no, you're not Hank Snow. And his dog Fred. His dog but the Fred. other one, there's a movie called Lifeguard that's out. And I guess Burt Reynolds was supposed to be in it. He turned it down. He would have been perfect. Sam Elliott's in it. It's about a guy who's like thirty three. He's going to his fifteen year reunion. He's still a lifeguard. And everybody's saying, what are you going to do with your life? What are you going to do with your life? 
And he almost becomes a car salesman, but he stays on as a lifeguard. And a lot of this, not to get weird and deep, but it was boomer angst about growing up. Well, that's that's uh, definitely something that threw back to the nostalgia of their childhoods. Yeah. Uh, but then the one thing I've always seen, now we're getting into the 70s, this was really, I think, one of the big booms in the technology. Yes. I mean, you saw a lot of things that we have today. Wasn't the first, like, big computer was, like, out of sci-fi, like a MyTech or something? And if it was, like, bigger than this Yeah, it would need a room the size of a warehouse to house this thing, and it had the computing power of not much. Yeah. I mean, most calculator watches from the 90s had more computing power. Because I remember my first computers were hilarious. They were in the 70s. I remember getting, like, an Apple and then a Mac. I just said Apple 128. And actually, one of the things that came into being in the 70s was, was it Pong? Well, uh, there was Pong, the, well, here, I actually, I wrote things down. Uh, Oh, in 72, there was the Magnavox Odyssey. I had one. That was the first commercially available home video game We talked system. about this on Christmas. I got one as a present. I actually enjoyed it, but I'd never heard of it then. Yeah, that was the first one, the Magnavox Odyssey. But I remember we rented, literally, my uncle owned Clover Pools. We borrowed a video, We borrowed Pong from. Yeah, but and there now, was the Pong system. anybody these days would be snoring. We literally played the little Pong yeah, thing but for hours. Because you had there was nothing else. That was the first of its kind. And what stands out for me, too, is like the little bar bowling games mm-hmm. and the hockey game, which I remember because I always bonged my fingers. Yeah, because it was the, the big metal disc. What do they, they call them now? I think they're shuffleboard now. But they were, I, I think I they were the air hockey. Called. Yeah, air hockey. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I used to bang my fingers all the time in foosball. Yeah. And what really came about then was we started to see the advent of the arcade games. And yeah, I can cabinets. point to this, and I know why, because I used to go, my parents bowled. So I would go down there, and t- I would do two things. I would have people I would trade hockey stickers with for books. Oh, the I would old do that. Books. I remember those. I would do that, and I also would play video games, because they mm. started having them in pinball, because we had pinball. Oh, it was huge. pinball, Yeah. But I remember that. But then yeah. the first video game started creeping in. Yeah, the pinball old, the was, big ass arcade cabinets yeah. that a lot of that sadly really don't exist. But much going anymore. to computers, we would have these big things, and what the heck would they even do? Yeah, they didn't do much. I mean, you had because everything you had to do was user defined. So it was like the old DOS system, yeah, where you had to input the commands for the computer to do so. It was basically just the green screen with the blinking. And cursor. I finally remember, though, and we talked about this with our great Grease Creeper friend Tommy a little bit, the school games. Yes, which probably had to be in the eighties because I I'd was say, like, I'd say eighties, and they yeah. were fun. Yeah, I enjoyed them. There's all kinds of different kinds. Oh yeah, but could think about people who are so visually into it now and that's one of the things we have to laugh about that popped in my head because i just saw aquaman Mm. and it didn't go swimmingly but it wasn't horrible but just go back do something do something you do something for us if you want we don't give homework here because we never did our homework but check out like like a marvel tv like the incredible hulk or spider-man from the 70s Check out the effects in some oh, of these things. Lord. Or like even a Star Trek movie from the 80s. Then think of the, the effects now. Actually, I was listening to um, Adam Carolla was talking about this on another podcast. I think it was on Joe Rogan's podcast. But he was talking about movie effects and how them growing up in the, the 70s, we you saw the terrible effects movies because it was being perfected under your watch. Yeah. And now 
it's it's seamless now. Well, the story goes with George Lucas. He literally waited to do those Star Wars sequels because he had to wait for technology to catch up. But one of the things I was going to say, when I grew up, a little before you, Not just much. a little before. Not much. But what happened was, in those days, choices were very, very limited. That's the thing. You now, had... for you growing up with TV, whenever you had, how many channels did you have? Oh, Jesus. I don't even. Oh. Will you stop asking him? No, he's going to help me. I honestly don't remember. There was a good amount of channels, though. But I do remember growing up, we had the converter box. Did you have the bunny ears? We had a bunny ears on the one TV, but I remember the converter box. I used bunny ears. There's a lot of people say rabbit ears. Yeah. We had the converter box, and then we had the VCR with the pop-up thing, and the remote was attached by a cord. Literally, we had the three channels, of course. We had CBS, NBC, ABC. Yeah. We had WXXI. Which right. for us was a savior in those days because we had nothing else. Well, and then you would have the rabbit ears. You would try to get Syracuse. Well, that's why or... when I had the rabbit ears, we had uh, the actually four channels. We had uh, Channel 2, Channel 4, Channel 11, Channel 53, which was the Fox affiliate. Yeah. We would get the and Buffalo then, channels. And then WQED, which was PBS. And we'd have all like those morning. We had like Commander Tom out of Buffalo or yeah, Ranger so Bob and those weird we little shows. Out. And then when cable popped up, oh, you, God, it was basic, you had HBO and a couple like 11. Yeah, MTV back when they actually played music. That was the thing too. MTV, there's been a lot of sayings that MTV, that was the beginning of the end of music because it became all the pretty boys. What was it? Video, video killed the radio yeah. star. That was the first song they played. But they actually with the bungles, and the Cincinnati bungles. That's, I was waiting for that one. I knew you were going to say that. But that was the theory because it became all in the seventies. People will argue again. Some people will go back. Our friends, the Moon Dogs, might have said that that like the Alban Brothers and those really saved rock because they were more pure. Mm. But we had all the other corporate rock bands. But then in the eighties, the advent of MTV, and it became something. We had all the different. hair bands. We had all that was gl- what glam metal, glam metal, hair bands. We had all those. They called them the new romantics, like Durant. Where literally you would do videos before the album. Mm-hmm. That's what mattered. Yeah, it was it was marketing. It wasn't so much for the music. It was just getting your name out there. And it really was considered at the time that video did kill the radio star. Yeah, and I think, like I said, that was the first song they ever played on MTV. And you would imagine, like, say, like a Bob Dylan, a Tom Waits, or anybody, if they came out in the visual era, they weren't established already. Yeah. How they would those guys would go off? Well, Bob Dylan especially. Obviously, or even like Stones. Yeah, it just wouldn't have worked. Because I remember my econ professor, who was a Brit, always saying... Well, Mick Jagger, he gets all these miles. He's pug ugly. He really is. You know, they're talented. Like Gene Simmons would say about that, this ugly guy when he was touring with Rush, this ugly guy gets all these women every night. These guys are watching television. Mm-hmm. And that, and that was a game changer. But you know what else? I'm just doing my due digging. Uh, in the 70s, there was a lot of stuff I didn't know happened way back. The first mobile phone call. Oh. 1973. Wow. But from Motorola. You remember the ro- the rotors of the phone? Oh, yeah. My grandfather always had the rotary phone. Um, I remember when the hashtag was called a pound sign. Yeah. That um, one. And the other thing is, it can be interesting if you look through the years and watch it with movies, because I'll go to a movie, The Departed. One of the big plot points about the movie The Departed is these gangsters use cell phones a lot. But you go back, say, 70s, 60s, and actually Touch of Evil, this one movie in the 50s, stands out to me. One of the whole things is 
They're looking for people. Yeah. Well, I'm going to try to call him and get him. He's yeah. not there. They so can't you would have find to go to him. a payphone, or back in those days, they had the police boxes. Yeah. On the telephone poles. And you would go around, and a lot of it was, well, we're looking for him. We're looking yeah. for him. We well, don't you, know where he is. You know, even when I was growing up, the first cell phones came out. They were still pretty big. I don't I don't really remember the bricks or the ones you had to have to carry the battery over a yeah. shoulder strap. But when I was in high school, if somebody had a cell phone, we would make fun of them. Yeah. And it's like, oh, Mr. Oh, you're waiting for a call from the Pope? You know, it can't be away from the phone and that how long. did things change? Years ago for the holidays, I would make a point of... Going through on Christmas Eve and making tons of phone calls after going Christmas shopping, wishing Merry Christmas to everybody. We do talk for a while. Yeah. I've got one friend who I haven't seen, my friend Holly. We never see each other every year. She has Lyme disease. She has some health problems. We spend one day. We got it in. Literally, we'll talk on the phone from around 9 until the phone dies. Yeah. But it's the only person I really call. Yeah. That's it. Everybody's text or everybody's text, online, email, message. email. Yeah, messengers. All right. It's, okay, My this doesn't work. Hi, where are we meeting? Yeah. It, well, that's the thing. We've become, I think, almost dependent on technology. And what I've, about the art of conversation? Because I could say going out for dinner sometimes. I've seen people yeah, texting each other while they're at they're, dinner. Uh, yeah, while they're sitting at a table. How does it happen at the dinner table? Like if you have family holidays, you see that. I've seen people complain there's, about that. There's really no phones. I was just home for Christmas Eve dinner at my aunt's house. Are you checking your phone while you're listening to this? No. Yeah, I'll bet you people checking phones while they're listening to this. Or, no, they're listening on their phones. Yeah, amazing. And wasn't the thing, I think Fred said the thing, that he yelled at somebody as a joke in his class because he wasn't on a phone? Yeah. Get on your phone, son. That was the other thing for me growing up. We had things like construction paper, and we did not have computers at all. God, I remember construction paper. My first computer course was in high school, and I drew a pumpkin. That was the extent... The extent of that class was we tried to debate what clothes our teacher would wear because he seemed like he wore the same clothes every week. And then basically connect the dots and draw something, and we drew a pumpkin for the display. That was it. I remember using – we had a computer lab, but there was – it was just Max, and I just remember playing Oregon Trail. Yeah. For hours, you know, every school year. We would just go down to the lab during – free periods or stay after school and just play Oregon Trail because uh, we didn't really have many computers at home. I my had, first printer printed out like orange and yellow and everything. Uh, with, the old, yeah. with the old removable it would do the tabs on the side. Yeah. But we go into the 80s, and I'm going to say one thing that you might not remember that was interesting about Reagan. Do you know what the Reagans were? What? They were jelly beans. Oh, yeah, that's Because right, I guess Reagan beans. was renowned for... Always had a dish of jelly beans on the, the desk in the Oval Office, The story goes, always wore a suit and tie. After hours, he would wear sweatpants and gobble jelly beans down. Well, he was an actor, so just... I have a point. That. I did not like brown suits, and he always he liked no. to wear brown suits. Brown suits on anybody is just not good. But he brought in the brown suit again, because I remember, actually, one of the funny things I have on, I'm embarrassed, I wore it in high school, I had a Don Johnson Miami Vice jacket. Oh, God, really? Because remember 80s fashions? I don't know what we can yeah, say they were, about... Okay, here, I'll sum it up. Neon. Yeah. That's it. And the I had actually I did the Don Johnson. I had hair then. I actually Don Johnson with the spiked hair mm. and all this horrible stuff. Then you found out what a dick Don Johnson is. Yeah. But Come at me, Don Johnson. That was Miami Vice, but it was huge for a little while. Yeah. So that was different. But and we also had. Did you watch that seventies and eighties show? I never watched those because I, I watched how, that seventies show. Was it accurate at all? Do you think? Or? I don't know. I wasn't alive in the set. I didn't watch that eighties show. I watched one episode and realized it was garbage. So we had all the it. Madonna dressing, all that stuff. I would think that 
that that 70s show was pretty accurate. But one of the big things with us, and I can remember from school, is when the Challenger blew up. Yeah, it was at 86. Yeah. So I would have been four years old. That was actually the same year Haley's Comet was around. Because I remember we were going to class. I was by my locker. Mrs. Fry, our history teacher, was coming out talking about this. And I wondered what the heck was going on. Yeah. I, and then we heard the Challenger blew up. I was just a youngster, but I, I do. And that it was a weird year. You had the... The Challenger, the 86 Mets, and the Haley's Comet. I ran Contra, too. I ran Contra was right around there. Then. 86, 87. Ollie North went to Brockport for a while. Do you know that? Yes. So, I mean, I, he's from upstate New York. Yeah, I did know that he spent some time at Brockport, among other places. But also, this was the Cold War still. Yep, still the Cold War. Guess what, Reagan guess? did his evil empire speech. Mm-hmm. And Mr. Tear Down, this was Tear Down the Mr. Wall. Mr. Gorbachev, Tear Down This Wall. Yeah, that one. That one, too. And we had Gorby, of course, come about. Yep, good old Gorby with the thing Because for on, a while, the... With the schmutz on his head. For a while, the Soviet leaders were dropping like flies. Yeah, they weren't lasting real long, were they? And the other thing I actually remember was the Pope. Because that was like my first Pope I really remember. Who was that, John Paul? Yeah. The second? Because the first John Paul didn't last very long. Oh, no, he was a couple months. Yeah, so then they had the next Carl Wotia, who was the first non-Italian pope in centuries. Long time. So he came about, and I just remember him, because they talked about him as a young, and he was, I think, 60-something. This was a younger pope. He played tennis. Yeah. And I remember him coming about, because he was around a long time. Up until, when did he die? Like 20... Five or six, I think. Because I remember being in Italy in 1995. I think it was and 2005. Was yeah. And he was actually, he could still lift up the Rumors pope were the goose was in contention. <laughs> I would have I would have voted for Pope Goose. Uh, a, a Pope Smite Vokey. Pope Goose. I'd, I'd vote for him. Man, one of his Jesuits got in, so yeah. I suppose. After yeah. Peanut Butter the 16th there. Ooh. He got in, whatever. He was a France. I don't know what he Pope was. Palpatine? Yeah. Palpatine? Everybody makes fun of him, but... He looks like... Chosen by God resigns. And that was like... I remember the old Margaret Thatcher, uh, Ronald Reagan stuff back then. In the oh, movies. yeah, yeah, yeah. And I actually, we had a burst of... I don't know if you remember, Jerry, we had a really big burst of patriotism back then again, especially with the 84 election. I yeah, thought of George still Orwell. Little, still you were young. And I remember the whole stuff about... All the that's when all the Rambo, all the jingoism. But of course, Rocky wins the Cold War himself by beating up yep. Ivan Drago. Yeah, Rocky kills uh, or beats up Drago, and you know, yep, he single handedly won the Cold War, just like back in the forties, John Wayne won World War Two. Oh, of course, even though he wasn't even in the army. No, and it goes to that also where we also had all the MIA stuff about Vietnam because it was all this, mm-hmm. and there's a lot of stories that there weren't any POWs. And that's I know just... Ross Perot was very, very big. This is how actually he first came about. There's a movie about it, even one yeah. of those. But he got conned by people who were looking for them and just yeah. stealing his money. But it was very big patriotic time at the time. It it started to become that, and that was really when the uh, the Vietnam veterans started to finally be able to get the respect and help that they deserved. And we had Grenada and the Falklands. We had Lebanon. Yeah, Lebanon and then... The Achille Loro. Later on, you had, uh, what, Desert Storm in the late 80s? Yeah, yeah I and remember all these. that one. But this was for Reagan still, and I just remember the wave of patriotism that was going around at the time. Right. And the I think that's really when all those crazy evangelical things like the 700 Club came about, too. Oh, my. Because we started to have, like, Pat Robertson with the end of the world. Pat Robertson. And I think more of the NWO is not the New World Order, but the good old wrestling faction. Yeah. 
Oh, my. But that was Pat Robertson. I'm glad you probably glad you missed that. I remember seeing it here and there, but I would never watch it because, you know, as a kid, it was boring because all they were doing was talking. And I, I don't want to touch this one a little bit. I never watched it. I'm proud of that. But, of course, then you never watched it, thank goodness. But the Cosby Show. No. And we were right. Yep, a lot of people were right about him for a long time. He's gone now, but I remember 80s TV like that. What I remember is Newhart, Night Court. Night which Court. Is more toward the 90s yeah, a little bit. I remember Married with Children because that was really what launched the Fox And I was going to say, that was a thing talking about TV. That was a big thing. I remember the first time Fox appeared here, we had a fourth channel. Yeah. And I remember they showed... Huge. The, uh, they showed Neil Simon's The Odd Couple. They had the Sunday Funnies. Mm-hmm. And they had, I remember some of the shows they had on The Adventures of Beans Baxter, Get a Life. I don't even remember. Get those. a Life with this show. You, It's on DVD now. It had Chris Elliott on as a 30 something year old paper boy who lives in his parents' garage. I'm going to have to find that one. I've um, never heard of it. I'll go check it, it out. Do it It's in the library. Right, do so it I won't your pay own for wish. it. I'll go to the But library. Married with Children was the breakout show. That was. That was the one that really launched the quote-unquote reputation of Fox as being, what, the toilet humor. And you work. think how things changed and what they got away with. Oh, God, yeah. By the time there. Yeah. Because you think then the boundaries were coming down a little bit. Yeah, implying that their daughter was sleeping around with everybody. Yeah. And, Talking about their sex life and flushing toilets and going to the nudie bar. Because they were having in the 70s again with TV, they were having like the first openly gay characters started popping was up. That, was that when it was? A few of them. Hmm. There were a few of them. Plus, we had like Paul Lynn. Yeah. Hello. And How are George you? George Goble. How are you? But they just, what it was, well, they never said anything. Well, it's, they, everybody everybody kind of knew. Because we had the culture come out with all the dance studios yeah. and everything. And everybody knew, but nobody everybody said Everybody knew, but nobody said anything. Except for the real uptight crowds and well, stuff, we, obviously. We don't but what are your them. first memories then when you were hatched? Do you remember Bush, George Bush? Uh, the elder. Yeah, Bush the elder, the no new taxes thing. You know, but that's, that's how to sink yourself right there. Yeah, I'll I, say the one thing about George. They Bush actually for me, made they made jokes about that on cartoons I watched. It was Tiny Toon Adventure or no Animaniacs. Yeah, and they yanked his lip down and it said no new taxes on his lip. One of the things about George Bush, this will probably never happen in our lifetime again. Maybe Sarah Palin did it, but there was a big thing where the vice president became an issue for the campaign because mm-hmm. Dan Quayle. It was who the heck was Dan Quayle? The potato incident. That's. Yeah, I remember that very well. Just when I was in D.C., they had books with Dan Cape playing like it was a Cupid doll. Yeah, but the sad part is, I remember hearing later about his kids having to see all this. Yeah, and it's not like he was a jerk. He was just kind of slow. Yeah, and I but not even slow, just dull. And the thing about him is, I think some of it stuck because I don't think he was that bright. No, like, he really was. And we won't get into the reasons why he picked him, but this no. was like the big thing where you would see ads where you'd see. Dukakis and small print and Benson. Yeah. And then you would see Bush and big print and quail. Yeah, Bush quail. And we all know the you're no John Kennedy quote that Louis mm-hmm. Benson used on him. Which, if you look at it, was not fair because all he said was he was about the same age as John Kennedy. Yeah. Which was true. Yeah. That's. And, and then it's been said John contact. Kennedy wasn't even John Kennedy. So. Yeah, it was taken out and of And I do remember Reagan's assassination attempt. I remember I seeing don't, it. I don't. I don't. I definitely didn't see it, but I remember reading about it. What and year it, was that? It was 81. It was literally almost... Yeah, I, obviously I didn't president. see it. I and one it. of the other big things that stands out was Al Haig's I'm in charge thing about oh, that. Oh, yeah. And there was all these things about how the Iranians were going to assassinate everybody during the holidays and nothing happened or whatever. Was that when... 
or no, was that Bush that had to go in for surgery so they had to swear in the vice president for a couple hours? Yeah, well, there was Reagan. Then it was, I guess, Bush needed a surgery on his pinky or something. No, it was his middle, his finger. middle finger. He said, don't tempt me. Yeah. And Reagan had the big thing about for the debate, well, we're going to send the nukes. Yeah. But then for George Bush, was that sort of when you became aware? That, I think that's pretty much when I became aware of what was going on in the world. So that would be, what, 1989? 89 to 90. So I would be seven years old. Yeah, that, now I'm starting to become more aware and of And that was a big me. transition time, I think, because that's when really the Cold War, Russia, the U.S. Yeah, was crumbling. The Soviet Union fell in, well, the Berlin Wall came down in 1989, right? Yeah. The Soviet, 89 or 90, around there. I think 89. The Soviet Union collapsed in 91, yeah. and that's when it broke apart. And I remember, and that's when Europe all of a sudden the landscape of Europe changed. Yeah. You know, you have countries that are were never there that are yeah. there now, and then Yugoslavia was there, and then Yugoslavia, Czechoslovakia, was, when Czechoslovakia became two countries, and then Yugoslavia became six countries, and and I remember one of the things everybody and their mother was at the fall of the Berlin yeah. Wall. Where's like, Zaire? <laughs> Where is it now? Exactly. But what is it? The Congo the now? The Democratic again? Republic of the Congo. Rhodesia was in bill. That was a seventy. But now, now of course we have Western Sudan. Southern, yeah, South Sudan and Sudan. Still Abdullah the Butcher, I guess. He's yeah. too old to want to be president. Yeah, but I, yeah, you were saying that that everybody was at the Berlin Wall. I've heard that from so many people. But I remember seeing the film clips of it. The people smashing it with the sledgehammers yep. and rocking it and pushing through the free, you know. You know, because remember, when I was growing up, there was two Germanys. Yeah. Literally. And really, that was the end of an era, too, because, I mean, W was the last of his generation to be president. Yeah, And then I we had agree. the first boomer president with Clinton. Yeah, with Clinton. Um, and I remember all that, all the things going on with him. The, I'm going to say when he became him president. playing basketball at the University of Arkansas, playing the, the saxophone. I did not he inhale. He actually did the, uh, I remember he was on Arsenio Hall playing sax. Yeah, I remember and that. And I had my encounter with him. My friend Rob and I went to a Pirates game and we're still alive because we looked down and it looks like candidate Clinton. Yeah. Rob's got to be Rob. Let's go down. Say I don't. Let's go down. Like, I don't want to go down there. We go by Secret Service, the guards they have. We go see him. He signs our tickets. Huh. And Rob talks to me, says, Governor, good luck. Which, coming from Mr. Republican, was a nice thing. He looks at me. I have my Georgetown shirt on. He's like, I like your shirt. Because I think he went there for a while. Uh, I think he did a cup of coffee there. And then he was actually, don't forget, a Rhodes Scholar. Yeah. He actually was a Rhodes Dusty Scholar. Dusty Rhodes? Yes. Wow, that was good. He, I never saw him do the flying elbow, though. Never taught that one. No, he, he, not he, he, was, he was sick that day, yeah. He but did, I remember he did not have sex with I think that's when really elbow. the country, we had hyper-partisanship started. It became crazy, like with Newt Gingrich with him. Ooh. Everybody's, like, screaming at each other. And the thing I remember, too, is I pretty much blank on TV in the 90s. There was a lot of those sketch shows. I like know. Your I mad, have, I have your I've, Mad TV I've in Living Color. You, I have a hatred of the show Friends, and nobody should hate a show as much as I dislike the show Friends. I dislike the show Seinfeld. Did not like Roseanne. No, Seinfeld never liked Roseanne. There. I don't hate it as much as you do, but I never really even cared. No, I just I don't think it's funny, and I I piss off a lot of people, and I don't care. Well, I had people. Oh, you didn't like it. Yeah, it's like I'm all of a sudden, you know, the next coming of Genghis Khan because I didn't like Seinfeld. All I really liked was Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Well, and I was yeah. talking about this last yesterday with uh, Buffy herself almost about how 
A lot of people really didn't. Remember, that was on the, was it 18? It was the WB. The WB. Remember the joke yeah, from the Gene and Silent Bob? Doesn't anybody watch the WB? It was like Dawson's It's Creek. the Dawson. The Dawson. And it was Gilmore Girls. But I watched Buffy. I would pretty much, because I was so busy with work, grad school, everything else being Sowing my wild oats or whatever, my yeah. toasted well, oats. My sister is younger than I am. She would she grew up watching the Gilmore Girls, Will and Grace, things like that. And I think that's really when TV started. Think, well, like don't forget, political n- too, 1989 myself. was the debut of The Simpsons. And it's still on. Still on. And I still know this because we had somebody named Bart Simpson. We had parties in his dorm room. And it's still on. Yes, it is. Because they came out of the Tracy Ullman show. The Tracy Ullman show, and it was December of 1989 was the first airing of the first Simpsons episode But now, you ever. start school and everything, like, in the 90s. What was it like? Because, like, you, did you have computers? Not many. There was a couple here and there. Uh, mainly, we went to the library and looked at books. What are they? Yeah. If And I remember when I was teaching, what, 10, 12 years ago, took kids to the library to do research for a project, everybody sat down on the computer. I'm like, no, damn it. Well, you remember back in the day, the good old infamous microfiche, which I had I tons re- of problems I remember with. microfiche. And good old looking up the card catalog. Card catalog. Um, and when we finally got the computer, it was the orange blinking cursor, and you typed in what book you were looking for, and it's like, it is in this section. And I remember for mm. college even having to type my papers. Oh, like Does a, anybody do that nowadays, and is it just... You got a typewriter? Yeah. Does anybody do that these days? No, probably not. So we go ahead now to like present day more, like the, what do you want to call it, 21st century? Yeah, the 21st century, the third millennium, whatever you want to call it. And what would be the difference between millennials, like if you grew up then? Well, I've always maintained that what I would consider millennials, somebody that grew up and had their formative years when technology in the home was a norm. I didn't really use the internet probably until I was 16 or 17, you know, yeah. 16 or 17. I remember those weird 90s. commercials in the 90s with that little British girl in the balloon. Oh, yeah. And everything. And I remember my first teacher, Dr. Halligan, in the mid-90s saying he would be reading Time and all these things on the World Wide Web. That was my first yeah, time. Yeah, because that's really, I mean, the internet started coming around in the 80s. Yeah. I know the first email was in the early 70s. Yeah. Things like that. But it really didn't get to the point where it was in your homes until the 90s. No, and the cells were those big clunky... Yeah, and, and if you were online on AOL, you and if somebody needed the phone, you had to log off the internet. And the one thing we hear from these days now is, like, comedy's been killed because people are so sensitive these days. Well, I've always... I feel now that you, the only people that are offended are those looking to get offended. I think so. It's everything. You could find your but, crazy... But here's, and I know this is one we've talked about. How about for the older people? You know, like my grandfather. He was on the podcast a while ago with the war stories. Born in 1924, the same year that Jimmy Carter was born. I actually found a book recently. It's called, actually. Too. It's called, yeah. Ah. Uh-huh. No, but this one actually somehow turned out to relate to this. Ooh. It's called Harebrained Tortoise Mine. And it's the idea of quickness is everything's supposed to be fast these days. Fast, yeah. fast. We want it now. Fast food. Now, now. I want this. Instant I, I'm going to look it up. Bip, it's there. Yeah. People look stuff up, it's there. Attention span, two seconds. Yeah. And That's why, that, you ever notice why uh, shows are on for seven minutes before a commercial break? Yeah, exactly. And one of the things, it talks about decision making. And it says fast is not necessarily better. No. For example, this building's on fire. We get out. Yeah. Because we're doing it. But we have to decide something. We have a month. You don't have to go, bam, here it is. Yeah. You deliberate. 
And as you, long as you make it on time. Right. But people are so, and I think for a lot of older people, and I admit I am vile for driving, mm-hmm. but you get behind that older person who is just not used to the world being so fast. Yeah. And yes, I I turn pretty much into Mr. High driving or in a line. Right. But like you look at it like when my grandfather was born, you know, there was, you know, and in that era there was he wasn't born in he wasn't born in the hospital. He was born at home. You know, you look at a lot of houses didn't have you know, some houses didn't have indoor plumbing. There wasn't. There was houses probably didn't have electricity. Nobody had a television. No. Air, uh, not indoor air and stuff only came within the forties. Yeah, not many people had cars, and now he, you know, he's still alive. And in this era, where you have a device you can hold in the palm of your hand, where you can talk to somebody in Russia and have it be like they're in the next. And then, oh, uh, just as kids these days, I remember growing up too. Finally, when you got your first car, you work for it. Yeah. You got a piece of junk. You love that piece of junk. But now it was the now is the era of the sixteen year old girl gets a BMW because daddy felt guilty because he was caught everybody banging the on my block. Everybody on my block literally got cars as graduation presents. Yeah. What the heck? Well, and it's just imagine how it must be for them to look at the advancements in technology, and you get caught with the question where there'll be somebody you know. And they will have no clue about something because they're younger than you. Mm-hmm. Mentioned a band or something. You just think it is common knowledge. Well, there was a, it was a joke. I was at the Record Archive talking to one of the guys there, and he's about maybe a little older than me. And there was a cassette tape sitting on the counter, and there was a pen right next to it. And I yeah. said, hey, those two things are related. And there was a younger kid there, and he said, I don't get it. One of the things, we know how the pen cap And we have to bring it up because it wasn't a real thing, actually, in the 90s. It was grunge. Well, it was invented by that reporter from Rolling Stone. It's called hype. What happened was this woman went to Seattle. All this stuff was passe. Yeah. It's gone. She just invented it. She invented the terms, the dress. Mm-hmm. And I actually saw Nirvana at Geneseo before they were famous, like 30 people. Yeah. Oh, my. But it wasn't even real. No, that's the thing. This entire music genre Was that what brought exist. Starbucks and the old coffee thing about us? Yeah, that was when um, Seattle all of a sudden became the hip place to be. Well, we're inflicted by hipsters now, though, too. I mean, there used to be... I walked by it, one bar on Friday night, I drew a goatee. Yeah, and don't forget, the term hipster was, what, back in the 30s? Yeah. They were first... Well, the they had the beatniks was, in the 50s. I looked Yeah, them but sort of the hipsters same. even predated the, the the beatniks, That just that use of the term. You would have the guys like Maynard G. Krabs, I guess, I know he goes. yes. There was the one weird guy... And um, it was, I think, I dreamed some one of those shows where he just sit there with the beret, looking out into space, and oh, he said something. Yeah. Been two weeks to hear him. It's like life. Oh, stuff, shit like that. But what did you see? Did you see a lot of them in college? Like, well, when you went to college, how was no, the environment? It was very. I think I probably caught the tail end of the. Was it very political when you went to college? No, it really wasn't. I'm, that's why I'm wondering if I caught basically the tail end of the. We were like in a normalcy era. We were caught almost like in a little pocket universe in college because we never really had the politics. Maybe for mm-hmm. Gulf War, people tried because they were ah, oh, we're going to read back the '60s, but nobody cared. But I remember doing one little protest that U of R people were protesting. And otherwise, and of course, I never really had a lot of that. I had a couple professors who I won't name, like for grad school, who were a little out there. Yeah, I had But one. I never had like that really. No, it didn't have the ultra liberal 
um, you know, die hard, everything is my way or get out of my class. We didn't really have that, but, you know, that seems, you know, that's more the the, the nut job, overly fringe one way or the other I have to say, one of my things now that I was afraid of after the election, if you hated Trump, hated Hillary, loved Trump, loved Hillary, didn't care, didn't know, whatever— when people of college age were traumatized so much because of an election, look, oh. it's a political process. Whoever wins, wins. Yeah. And Let's people, get on with our lives these are the adults who are supposed to be our elite. And this was at the University of Michigan Law School. They were having a safe space with Play-Doh and bubbles so they could find their center. And they were they took so much flack for being so stupid that they actually removed it, every trace of it from their website, but it does exist. University of Michigan. And I know Law a lot School. of great millennials, but I always wonder, is it the state we think kids are going to break? Because I remember when I, when I was a kid, it would be, okay, go out to play dinners yeah. at five. I would have friends, parents, you could hear them calling them. Well, and that's the thing. I've been asked this. It's like, oh, well, was, you know, you know, kidnappings and stuff not, you know, not existing then? It's like, no, it existed. We just... Didn't know about and one of the it because things that's was, one thing technology did. It allows us to learn. That's about the other thing. Stuff. I think we have a lot of this goofy news these days because they have to fill spaces. Yeah. Because it's twenty for that news cycle, and I remember in the day stuff would happen. We weren't some pure Eden. It was a bad sight. We had some yeah. weirdos around. I remember them. It reminds me of the old. And in local news, nothing much happened today, so we drove around in the news van until we ran over a pedestrian. And I remember we had weirdos looking around. A lot of friends of mine, we, we had we used to say stranger danger. Yeah, stranger danger. But we never were scared where our parents would watch us on the lawn, no helicopter. We'd have a canal we'd go play and we'd go ride bikes. Yeah, we'd go, because I, I lived up on a hilltop, we would ride down to the lower boulevard, hit the gas station, get our Turner's iced tea. <laughs> now, I now they will not drop kids off from the bus stop unless a parent is yeah. there. They will wait. They will not pick kids up except for parents in front of the house. We had to walk two blocks. Come on. Uphill both ways. Well, driving snow. snow in March. With when, when the horses could get through the yeah, snow. exactly. When the bison could get and through the snow. And I know my cousin Jimmy, he went to Mooney. He lived within the two-mile radius. He yeah. lived on Bone Steel Street, so he had to walk because mm. his parents were gone. But if you, lived, if you imagine that now. Oh, God. There'd be grief counselors. Yeah. It's amazing, though, which gets me like that. And I wonder how kids feel these days because the real world is not. I think, but the thing, to kind of wrap it up, I think the kids Well, the only thing I want to add is everybody gets to play, too. That was a weird thing. Well, that was weird, but I think the kids today are more aware of how the world works. Yeah. Which, in many ways, is very good. But at the same time, it kind of... I feel it may rob them of their childhood innocence and naivety. Do you think there's a lot of where we get stuck in adolescence? These people don't want to grow up too many, but there's no childhood. And that's that's the problem. I mean, that you're exposed to all this stuff from such a young age that sometimes it's your childhood does go away. But when I was a kid, we were oblivious to the world. Because I admit, I do not like the older person who wants to be a kid. I think no, that's I don't very like that. Unseemly. I think you need, you need to grow up, but it, you know, but at the same time, I remember. We would see things, but we weren't aware of it because yeah. we were riding our bikes and digging holes in the yard and burning army men. With and I mean, not glasses. to be like some stuck-up church lady, but some stuff for kids. Let them be kids. Yeah. Let them have their fun. It exactly. doesn't last very long, anyways. Right? You know? Exactly. So, we're all we're all getting thrown into the machine. That's why Santa came to Little Italy last year, even though I'm still going to go on about that coffee forever, but. He was nice to the kids and everything. Exactly. Sometimes, and you know what? That's that proved one thing because you told me about what happened, 
it proves one thing. No matter how old you are, you still love the fat man in the red suit. Yeah, and I think that's good for kids. There's still the wonders of that stuff when you're a kid. Mm. It's like Ray Bradbury's Dandelion Wine or something. You'll get the real word soon. You can hate the book. No, I, I hated it because I, ha- I was forced to read it in English. Well, class. that's why. But that's another story for another But there day. was fun in those days. And it was like, not you don't have to get up and to get counseling and all this other stuff. Yeah. So what are you going to say about that? It's like, but you wonder what the future holds. It's amazing. We're this little speck. We're the speck on this big blue marble. Imagine if you were his pappy's age or my dad's age, how the world's changed for you. They've seen these big wars. Yeah, he was in the big wars, and now he can see, and now he sees cars that drive I themselves. I think when your when your grandfather and my dad were born, wasn't there a Confederate left, like our our Union soldier still alive? Oh God, yeah, he died in. A, he's actually buried in Mount Hope Cemetery. Because the there's a saying: the last that confirmed goes, Union combat soldier died goes, in I think 1958. It goes in England. 200, 200 miles is a long way in America, 200 years is a long time. And I think we can be traced back to the beginning of this country, only like eight or nine generations. That's it. But no, like I say, I actually looked up the last um, confirmed combat veteran for the Union Army in the Confederate, in the Civil War, rather, is buried in Mount Hope Cemetery. He's from Victor. Uh, died in... I think nineteen in the nineteen late nineteen fifties because my dad was alive when he died. So and you wonder maybe a couple decades from now how different it'll be. Well, did you see uh, not that long ago the America's oldest man and oldest living combat veteran passed away at one hundred and twelve? I can go back to one more thing from when I was a kid. There used to be the Dan and Yogurt commercials. There's this old guy in some Russian province who was in his hundred like a hundred something still farming because he ate yogurt. Yeah, exactly. So eat a lot of yogurt. Eat your yogurt, kids. Sponsored by the yogurt. What is culture. the superfood these days? Uh, are they back on kale? I don't know. Actually, the damn uh, hummus is pretty good. I like hummus. I do Roasted too. garlic hummus. Caramelized onion hummus. Mm. We would be. I would never a couple of months, decades ago be talking about hummus or doing yoga. Is it kale? Kale. We've we've heard from from off in the distance. It is kale. We heard now. a voice. A voice. I'm getting old. <laughs> well, on that, let's. We're not sponsored by the Kale Association, so we're not going to talk to them. But we are sponsored by our friends at Upsitnik and Associates Law Firm. Lawyers for you, the people from Alaska to the Supreme Court. Forty years of helping you. Find them on Facebook, Upsitnik and Associates. Find them on the interweb, com. I guess for the carnival, do you want to be Statler or Waldorf? Waldorf, I guess. I can't remember which was which, but he's Waldorf, I'm Statler. And we were this talking was the generations, about our generations, I talking guess. Talking about our generation without looking at inappropriate the weirdo of small guy, children. Yeah. He was doing it to see how he his was doing son it for could research. do it. Can't, not slanderous because it actually happened. Yes. So, Rob, you got anything else? That's all, I guess. And get off my lawn. Get off my lawn, kids, and quit playing on that sheet metal. And we will see you next week. Get off my lawn. Get off my lawn. Get off my lawn. Get off my lawn.